You are listening to The Frank Skinner Show. I've got to be honest, I'm not Frank Skinner. Trust me, I wish I was. I've seen the size of his house. Um, Frank can't be with us today, which is sad, isn't it, boys? Mm. Hello? Yes, yes, yes. Hello? Um, I thought we were allowing the pause to to generate a little bit of naughty laughter. No. Yes, or or somberness. Well, he will be sorely missed. Um, The good news is... I'm joined by... Oh, I feel a pressure now to give you a big intro. What about what John Travolta did? The wickedly talented... The wickedly talented... Adele Dazim. Pianavelli. And uh, Steve Hall. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Did I leave you out a bit there, Steve? No, no. no. <laughs> OK. No, no more than, you know, I'm used to in life. <laughs> What a, what a start to the show. Uh, you can text the show on 8.12.15. You can follow us on X and Instagram. Follow us on X. Sounds really <laughs> creepy still. Uh, at Frank on the radio. Or you can email us via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I, I still feel really bad about the beginning of the show. Shall I move on from it? It was just the most unprofessional start to a radio show in the history of broadcasting. I mean, hello, that was uh, use somebody. Who's it by? Give me the paper. That's when you're living the phrase, I could use somebody. (laughs) I could use somebody to give me the name of the song. Um, I haven't played jingles for you today. Do you know why? No. Okay, I'll tell you. My hand hovered briefly over the boys are back in town. (laughs) And then, as it does, and then I decided that's not your energy. No, that's true. (laughs) It's, it just, the boys are back in town. It's a bit sort of testosterone fueled revelry. And you boys are a bit lower seat of the Insufficiently bookish. The boys are back in the library. (laughs) The boys are back in the Bodleian. <laughs> or loser by Beck or something like that. That'd be. How do you yeah. feel about that, Pierre? I'm I'm happy with that. Or uh, wow. some divine comedy or something like that. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Just on a trombone. Bit creepy. <laughs> um, no, I have to say, I think the boys who are back in town, mm. I think they would assess you both and think. I think they'd probably say swallowed a dictionary to you both. I, yeah, I think the boys who are back in town have toothpicks and uh. they lean against walls. <laughs> I think that's and the leather chiquitos. Yes. We need to discuss something. Frank's not here this week, and very sad because we miss Frank and we love him. Um, he's fine, by the way, making it sound like you know. um, he's absolutely fine. But he has his show started this week. At the Gilgood, mm-hmm. his two-week run at the Gilgood. This is thirty years of dirt. Feature feet, Mister yes. Pianovelli. True brackets feet me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's had quite some reviews, hasn't it? Yeah. Five stars. Fabulous. Yes. Then, it's not often a comic says that about another comic. That's very generous. <laughs> but some of them, I've been slightly obsessed with the reviews. So here's here's a few choice samples. Mm. It turns out, boys, that we are working with a man, I quote, so funny, it's almost obscene. What do you think of that? Almost obscene. Almost obscene. Oh, I knew you. You see, th- <laughs> this is what I thought. I thought, I, I read that and thought, wow, I'm so proud of him. Frank will be sitting at home thinking, 
Only almost. Yeah. It's also, are they just trying to be clever about 30 Years of Dirt? Yeah, I doing presume one of those that's a play on that. I know. Like if you, Unless his actors change rapidly. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> obscene. Yes. There's also a uh, number two review uh, that I'm going to share with you. Our boss is also apparently a craftsman with exquisite control of his art. Mm. What do you think of that? I like it. It's a bit medieval guildsman. Yes. The craftsman. Yeah. Yes, it's quite, it's pleasingly wizard-like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like someone's describing a sort of warlock. Yeah, and then finally, someone else said of him, wields the scalpel as masterfully as the bludgeon. Now, oh, I think oh, they've gone full-on Sweeney Todd now. That's, that's, that's very nice. That's a really nice review. Again, again potentially and chilling. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, ter- it's a terrible review of a doctor. It's the sort of thing someone would say about, like, Otto von Bismarck or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Napoleon. It's very sort of statesman of the 19th century. <laughs> I liked it. I have yeah. to say, I was... I know we don't do praise on this show, but I'm going to make an exception because I was really stupidly proud of him mm. reading those reviews. And... Uh, Contracts are up quite soon. Yeah, <laughs> and that covers it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all right, isn't it? Frank Skinner, Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Uh, we've uh, on the subject of reviews. We've had uh, Simon of Sudbury has been in touch, long long-standing friend of the show. Oh, morning, Simon. Uh, and uh, he, he said that uh, he he and the missus saw Frank and Pierre, aka Piano Billy, uh, <laughs> yes. at the Gilgood on Tuesday. <laughs> Expectations were already sky high and well and truly exceeded. Great night. Oh. Very nice. Thank Do you, you think Frank's going to be cross for turning it into a praise fest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to sneak in one bit of praise yeah. early doors. Oh. Piano Billy, yes. <laughs> Did it go well, though? Good opening yes. night? Very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. It mm. was um, a, a hell of a reaction from the crowd when, what Frank, happened? when Frank went out. What, what did they do? Did they cheer? They certainly did, yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Throwing poetry at the stage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just when you get that big shout of. Well, no, it's never know. happened to me. <gasps> well, when one when one hears, <laughs> when you hear about it. Well, I'm coming. Um, I'm coming to see it myself. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw it in September, and it was yeah, really good stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, I love a well-crafted review. My old sketch show we once described it. I thought you were going to say oh, I love a well-crafted <laughs> man with exquisite control. Yeah, well, naturally, yes. that's a given. But we, uh, my, me and my sketch show, we were described as visually pitiful genius fools, oh. which I, if ever there is a backhanded compliment. That's not a compliment sandwich, is it? That's it's wonderful of... and visually pitiful. I think it's just a straightforward backhand. There's no compliment in there. They've lost the compliment element. Boys, I want to talk to you about something. I had a bit of an extraordinary WhatsApp message this week. The content will get better. <laughs> no, this was something because I'm a bit of a WhatsApp group refusenik. Do you know this about me? You're a you're a, a conscientious objector. Well, I'm not even particularly conscientious about it. I like I, that you you Groucho Marx. You don't, I don't want to be part of any WhatsApp group that would have me do you know as a member. Yeah. Do you know what I don't like? I don't like the element of surveillance. I don't like the fact that every time I pick it up. It's seen, 1232, yes. read, 1943. Yes, yeah. And I just think, what well, is this, like the born identity? I feel <laughs> permanently watched. And I don't think it's natural for people to know my movements. No. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> I don't like it. Go away. 
how can I lie to people and say, oh, I didn't see it, didn't yeah, see your message, it, my and, phone was switched off, if they're going to be telling them the truth? That's and, true. Yeah, and it even says when you're online. Mm. Yeah. Except, so, oh, yeah. don't. That's a whole other thing. So I've never really liked it. I also don't like the fact that you're sort of pressured to reply in these short-form, snappy, coolio, Gen Z sound bites. (laughs) Because I'm a, you know... Dear sirs, <laughs> return, carriage, return. You, you don't get that with letters. The, no. The, when someone's opened it and read it, they don't no, fire a gun at the air. And I send... Yeah, you just open a letter and it's just a, a picture of a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I send quite blocky, large sections of... Te- I send missives. <laughs> and I know that everyone on these WhatsApp group is looking at mine, my big block, my big skyscraper... <laughs> thinking, okay, boomer. Yeah, <laughs> taking up half the screen. That yeah. would be an excellent app for, for old-fashioned people, and the app is called Missives. Sorry, Steve, just it, for old-fashioned people. You were just talking about me, just saying. I'm you said myself. for old-fashioned people, just to recap. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I think if I speak any further, the, the hole I'm digging will get deeper. But yeah, I think... But, yeah, old-fashioned in the good sense. No, that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> yeah. Do you yes. think we should close the hole briefly? Uh, with a tarpaulin. We'll, we'll cover it up. We'll revisit okay. it. OK. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Take your time, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's under the bridge. Going out to all you trolls out there. Um, I original trolls. OG trolls. Trad trad trolls. I'd buy those dolls. Trad trolls. A trad troll. Yeah. Do you think trolls have to say, sorry, just so you know, I'm the original troll. I'm the benign troll. Yeah, I'm off grid. I'm offline. I'm a troll IRL. How many types of trolls? There, eight, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> oh, David Badiel can help us. He did a show did about a this. Show about because trolls. I'm confused, Pierre. You'll know about this. Mm. There's trolls with the sort of wild hair and no <laughs> Pen- clothes. The pencil trolls. Yeah, <laughs> and strange goggle eyes. Yes. Are they connected with the ones that live under the bridge? Um, I think they might be distant cousins. I'm not sure. Oh. I think the ones under the bridge tend to look more like gobliny, don't they? Sort yeah, of big yeah. and green and the loincloth yeah. features. And they're furious at that, those sell-out pencil trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you cl- cleaned up your act for the for the big time, have you? Too big to live under a bridge, now you live on top of a pencil. Ooh, literary, are we? Yes, they're, they're the flashy ones, aren't they? Yeah. The nouveau riche trolls. Well, yeah. And they've generally got that, that these... There's something about Mary hair yes. going on as well. And, and bright colours too. Not mm. like under the bridge. No. You can't have hair dye. <laughs> they barely have a loincloth to their name. No. Those trolls. You have to look like mould so that the goats don't see you. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I was talking to you about WhatsApp earlier. And I think we left things at the point where Steve said something like, for old-fashioned people like you. Yes. Was that where we were? Yes. I, I don't remember saying that. Steve oh, said something like, you know, for pensioners like you, you've yeah. got to... OK, now you've pushed it. One, a phone with one big button labelled police. <laughs> so, you know, help is on its way. Yeah. Oh, that ship has sailed, just my next, friend. Just next to the sideways opening bath. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Frank, come back. <laughs> They're age-shaming me. Um, yeah, so the WhatsApp... I've, now, now I've said the WhatsApp. <laughs> yes. So, really, I have no right to complain. I deserve everything I get. 
Yeah, so I'm not a fan, we've established already, of the WhatsApp <laughs> no. at all. However, there are some, there are a few groups I'll make a concession for. For example, I have a lovely family WhatsApp group with my um, best friend and her husband and who's also my best friend. I want to make him sound like some consolation <laughs> prize. And my three god kids. Lovely. And it's, it's lovely updates and it feels like a, a benign, calm, safe space. Mm. The Gen Zers will like that. <laughs> or pull them in, do you think? Yeah. Um, so, this week, however, <laughs> I get a message. I wake up to a message and this is from my friend. This is what I wake up to. She basically says to me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this message. I'm sorry. Can you talk amongst yourselves while I find it? Please. I think the, um, what's your favourite troll, Steve? <laughs> uh, there's a brilliant that film called, I think it's called Troll. It's yeah. like a Norway, but it's like... The big 3D horror thing. Yeah. Okay, so I found it, I found it. To be. Cool I found one. it now, I'm back. Right. I mean, that's not really helped with the old-fashioned... <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Are the police on their yeah. way? <laughs> just got to look through my purse. No, just... There's a boiled sweet in here. Excuse me, I'll just be a moment. If you could leave me and talk amongst yourselves. I, I'm struggling with the technology. <laughs> Are you really from the gas board? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I literally did just say, could you could you just bear with me while I look through my phone, dear? My eyes aren't what they were. Anyway, I've located the message. Okay, so that shows you. And she starts this this way. Hello, lovely fam. Having a gorgeous time here at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. Uh, oh. Such bad luck though. The volcano erupted. Open mouth emoji. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is there a volcano emoji? Then, well, there should be now. <laughs> then I get a message saying, here is the view from our cab, pink heart emoji. I see, I get sent a photo. I literally thought it was a screen grab from a sort of 70s disaster yeah. movie. There was literally a windscreen filled with a giant flaming crescent of molten lava. <laughs> and their cab is heading straight towards it, apparently. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't know much about volcanic eruptions. This is why we have Pierre on board. <laughs> or Icelandic cab drivers. But something tells me that heading straight towards anything orange-coloured when you've heard there's a volcanic eruption might not be a good idea. Mm. What are you thinking? I think thumbs down. Okay. Thumbs down emoji. Yeah, well, yeah. funnily enough, that was the emoji I responded <laughs> with. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We are discussing a WhatsApp message I was sent by my best friend this week. But it wasn't just any old WhatsApp message. I might ask her if she'll be comfortable for me to share this with the world. <laughs> it was a photo taken by her in a cab escaping the volcanic eruption in yeah. Iceland. When I say escaping, she seemed to be heading directly towards it. And I panicked when I saw this apocalyptic disaster yeah, yeah. movie image. And I called her 
because I, I don't think that's the kind of message I want to send on WhatsApp. Are you alive? <laughs> Are you in lava yeah. currently? Yeah. Voice how, note. Yeah. How have you got the time to put emojis <laughs> yeah. in this message? What's the best GIF? Lava. <laughs> By the time I found the gif, I mean, who knows what could have happened? So I got straight on the phone. I thought, do you know what? I know, I know it's expensive, <laughs> but I'm going to go for it. And I just called her and I said, look, is everything right? She said, oh, it's fine. They've been lovely. We've had a lovely Icelandic cab driver and he's, he's been playing Tina Turner. I said, what? what? <laughs> on, the, on the radio? I said, what song? I don't yeah, know which why. One? I don't know why it's relevant, but I needed to know that detail. <laughs> Steamy she windows. She said, I think it was uh, Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I said, Do you, I wonder if he did that for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> you can't play Nutbush as you're driving away from a, <laughs> from a volcanic eruption. What <laughs> song <laughs> would be most appropriate? Which to listen to with a volcano erupting in the background. Yeah. Tina Again, Turner only? 8, 12, 15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the heat is on or some sort of uh, yeah. heat-related... Anything. Well, it's Iceland as well, so there's a lot of death metal to choose from, I presume. Can we just, a bit Nordic. Can we say at this point that there have been no casualties or fatalities, have there? That everyone is safe. I've been checking this regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is absolutely fine and safe. So um, we're not being inappropriate. <laughs> no. I've decided. Yes. Uh, but what she did say to me, I almost felt, oh, I've got someone at the scene. I've rarely got someone at the scene. As you know, I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> and she was telling me that when they'd arrived, she said, well, you know, we, sh we should have maybe realised something was up because when we arrived at the hotel last night and the first thing at the Blue Lagoon, the first thing they said to us was, we had commented on how they used to have these beautiful sort of, you know, Icelandic pottery vases, all decorative sort of elements in the hotel lobby. She said, oh, it's such a shame you've got rid of those vases. They look so beautiful. And apparently the nice Icelandic gentleman working there said, yeah, Fed, we had to. It's uh, Things have been getting a little shaky here recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, the moral of this story is if you go to Iceland and someone says, things have been getting a little shaky here recently, mm. a volcano is about to erupt. <laughs> OK? Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. You're listening to Absolute Radio. It's the Frank Skinner Show. There's no Frank Skinner. We're all devastated about that. He will be back, but I am joined by the marvellous Mr Novelli. I'd watch that kid's film. Oh, that's a that's a kid's book waiting yeah, to be written yeah. by a celebrity, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> marvellous Mr Novelli's Potions Club. <laughs> Some awful... And, and he awful. spins off into Piano Billy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> plot goes his, his, his sensual nighttime counterpart, <laughs> Piano Billy. And... I'm with Steve Hall. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, I used to be, in the, many years ago, I was Wiki Stevie on this show, but you've, Pierre has blown me out of the water in terms of knowledge. I, I, I only ever had basic, average pub quiz knowledge. But oh, the Wiki Stevie name has had to be abandoned. Do you I'd, think Novelli's uh, trumped you? Oh, like, by, like, it's not even close. I don't know. Uh, None it, of us come close to Novelli. Yeah. And it's probably like, like being a parent, my brain is mush and I can't remember <laughs> anything anymore. Well, imagine being me, Steve. Some call me old-fashioned, I hear. <laughs> but I imagine that you still by far outstripping me on things that people are supposed to know <laughs> as opposed to things that people aren't supposed to know <laughs> like I'm not actually that much use in a pub quiz but I would say when it comes to 
obscure 1970s men connected with Doctor Who, yes, yeah. I think Steve might be the winner. Yeah. And I'm happy to hand him that crown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when we say winner, do we mean the opposite of that word? <laughs> I, I, I was unavailable for comment at this time. Uh, Marvellous Mr Novelli yes. and Steve Hall, <laughs> what's been happening with you? I have had to um, spend weeks solving a, a minor sort of domestic issue. One of those things where you need Don't to... Don't you wear in your dirty linen in public <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Um, I was betrayed by my my own mattress, oh and it's been God. taking. That's no weeks way to, to refer fix. to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that sort of all seventies <laughs> sexist slang? The old mattress back home. Having a few problems with the old mattress. <laughs> <laughs> One of those pieces of slang where you'd accept it in conversation, but you'd frown and think, "Is that right?" Do you know? I might test it out. How's the, old, how's the old mattress? How's the old mattress doing? <laughs> and just see, see if anyone see. pulls me up on it. We'll see if anyone answers uh, literally or not and see if it works. Yeah. Just yeah. see if we can get it to stop trending on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag how's the old mattress. Hashtag, hashtag how's the old mattress doing. <laughs> just pretend that it's always been a thing. Yeah, just go, well, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just when I was But do you not know yeah. the old mattress? The old no. mattress. Yeah, it's like ball and chain. Yeah. You say, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, got to keep the old mattress happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love my old mattress. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's, there's a few springs loose here, but that's, I mean, that's part of life. I mean, the old mattress went down there for summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. Um, I was and, you, and when you say better half, you know, so where's your better half tonight? Uh, Incorporate uh, mattress into that. Yeah, and where's the other side of the mattress? <laughs> okay, this is happening. I'm yeah, seeing this good. happening. So sorry, back to you and your old mattress. Betrayed, betrayed by the old mattress. Yeah, by the old mattress. What yeah. happened? Well, I woke up in a ditch. <laughs> I'll explain later. I'll explain in a bit. I'll tell you what, you certainly will. Yeah. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Uh, please, by the way, do get in touch with us. Have we heard from yes. any of our loyal we readers slash uh, content creators? Uh, you were discussing your friend uh, um, in, in the taxi, uh, fleeing, not fleeing, <laughs> moving towards the volcano. Yes. Uh, an ultra Magnus oh, uh, yes. has tweeted to say, at that time of night, she was lucky to get a cab to go south of the lava. Uh, which oh, I liked. Oh. <laughs> it was very droll. Oh, ultra Magnus. <laughs> I enjoy that enormously. Yeah, what do you think the taxi drivers in Iceland have a sort of stereotypical accent in the same way that you have a sort of in your head you have a kind of Cockney taxi driver in London? Yes, I wonder if they do. But there is. Uh, have you been to Iceland? No. I'm sure you have. You see, you do. Someday. There's something quite Icelandic about Pierre, wouldn't you say? You'd fit. You, I could imagine you being a gr- grim. No. An, an elder or, or uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, absolutely. You've Desolate. Got... No, there is something son of. There's something very son of Johnson about you. John, John Johnson and mm. John's dotier. Yeah, dotier. Dotier. You've got the dotier. Yeah. Uh, can you please have we? Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, Ruth Jordan. Oh, uh, I love Ruth Jordan. Asks a fun question. Morning all. We've had some unauthorized praise on the show this morning, which is true. Is there anything else the team will be getting up to while Frank's away that he usually doesn't allow? Oh, goodness. Oh. 
the how mice will you've, play. You've tempted us now, Ruth. Yeah. There will be no blaspheming. That's uh, I'm no, refusing no. to blaspheme in Frank's absence. <laughs> no, oh no, he wouldn't enjoy that. That would not be good. Mm. No, I see us. We're kind of like the supply teachers who are trying to yeah. very eager to please. We're a bit hey. Yeah. Hey, we could, we can do the lessons outside. Yeah, yeah. My name's Will. None not, of this Mister stuff. Yeah, not coming in and saying, yeah. "Okay, what what was Mister Skinner taking you through before?" <laughs> what, what else can we say in Frank's yeah. absence? Fainting is definitely real. Yes, uh, Papua New Guinea exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One by one, the sacred cows. And are I never slaughtered. really liked the Pope's red shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were a fashion mistake. Do you think? Yeah, but, but don't let, let's not go on no. about yeah. it. No. I like like this job. In, in, Frank's, in Frank's absence today, Takis have uh, issued a profit warning. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can we return to the subject of the old mattress? The old mattress. <laughs> the old mattress. How's the old mattress then? She betrayed me. The, <laughs> oh, he's personalising the mattress like a, like a terrible ship. 70s man in his car. Oh. It's nice. It's sort of like a murder show where, the victim, where at the end you've been caught. Yeah. She betrayed me. She betrayed me. So, t- t- tell us more about that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did you get very far? <laughs> well, I woke up in a ditch, as I said. But the trouble was that was that the ditch was also my mattress. Oh, explain. No. I'm a very, very heavy man. <laughs> <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> I'm a very, very heavy man, and uh, I thought I had bought the sturdiest commercially available mattress. What did you go for? You need the the, the special Henry VIII. I, well, I'll tell you. Will you? Yeah. Oh, well, don't hang about. Don't leave us on tenterhooks. <laughs> you bought the sturdiest... How do you know it was the sturdiest oh, commercially available? so much research. Really? It wasn't my first rodeo, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very, very heavy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to be a long-running catchphrase. I'm a very, very, I'm a very, very heavy boy. The marvellous Mr Novelli. Ladies and gentlemen, will you welcome? You've loved his catchphrase on TV. I'm a very, very... And I can imagine there's... What a, am I? A very, very heavy boy. Yay! I can imagine them also, maybe when they're doing a... They'll put you on the front cover of the Sunday Express magazine and yeah. there'll be a picture of you and they will be doing a pun, won't they? Yeah. yeah. He's not heavy, he's my brother. Oh. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. When I discover my long-lost brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's getting a bit complicated. No, yeah. We gave you a catchphrase. Do you know what? Just be happy with that. Mm. OK? OK, Pierre? OK. I'm getting a bit sulky. <laughs> I'm getting a bit sulky. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Pierre Novelli yeah. was telling us about his mattress woes. Being a very heavy boy. That he's a very heavy boy. Yes, and I am. Um, so I thought I'd found the mattress for the heavy boy. <laughs> heavy boy's choice. Oh. Um, and I bought it with that in mind because I thought, you know, you spend half your life on your mattress. Speak for yourself. And if you're very, <laughs> if you're very heavy, then it needs to be able to deal with that. And uh, I, I, I genuinely, I, I'd never do this. And I, I, as part of growing up, I've been trying to be more of an adult and do research into important purchases. Mm. So I really did find like lists and <laughs> articles. So I really went for it, research-wise. And this thing just completely let me down. Within oh. a month, I was waking up in a sort of divot. 
Oh, wow. no. Of my own making. It, what is it, king size? Or, yeah, but I, I would wake up or, in a... Or for you, that would be normal size. For me, for, for me, yeah. <laughs> was it king size or was it King Henry VIII size? <laughs> it was Henry VIII size after I'd slept in it because I woke up in this sort of bum ditch. Oh, this kind we've of all mad, been there, dear. I'm, I'm imagining you in, like, you know, when Wiley Coyote has fallen off a cliff and, and it's <laughs> yeah. just the inference. <laughs> it was more like, um, you know, sometimes uh, when an, uh, in a movie an actor has to be pregnant for a bit of the film and they yes. wear a sort of mad fake rubber belly. Yes. One of those would have slotted perfectly into the indentation, oh, like a pot really? filling a pothole. I considered buying one for a bit to just to fill in the mattress hole. But, but I would wake up in this like ditch and it would it was wrecking my back cuz I was sleeping like But hang on. Yeah. I just want to pull you up here. Yeah. Well, I needed someone to pull me up. <laughs> you did. It's some sort of winch. Yeah. Um is this to do with you being a very heavy boy? It certainly is. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Is there too much memory foam in your mattress? Well, it was a top layer of foam and then and then spring underneath. So it was a combo. Some sort of Guinness? Yes, yes, it was a Guinness mattress. <laughs> you see, I got, a, I got a mattress once. That's what they should call it. If they had any idea, these marketing people, Guinness yeah. should make mattresses. Yeah. And there could be a top white layer, slightly foamy, soft layer, yeah. and the rest of it could be a lovely chocolatey brown. Yeah. What do you think, Guinness? Text in. Okay. Yeah. I don't get, know if Guinness would text Get your people to speak us. to our people and we'll make this happen, Guinness. Yeah. The Guinness mattress. There'd be a lot of drinkers would like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I once bought a mattress in a box. Oh, yeah. That's Wait, it. It no. came in a box or you were in a box? No, do you know mattress in a box? <laughs> no. Do you know mattress in a box? I don't know box? mattress in a box. Oh, okay. Mattress in a box is pretty much as it sounds. <laughs> you buy it in the box. It's super convenient. And then you just open the box, and it takes about 24 hours. Oh, yes, I've, I've bought one so, rolled up like a big cigar. Yes, to sort of evolve. Yes. Mine wasn't like a cigar. <laughs> Mine was more like one of those pop-up tents, but it took 24 hours to turn into oh, the pop-up nice. tent. Like, sort of a, like a nervous pet adjusting to its new house. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Like when a man's moved in with me, cowering in the corner and gently emerging out of the shadows. It was... But I found it very unnerving because yeah. it was... I was still with the old mattress. Yeah. It was like a new partner yeah, waiting yeah. in the wings for the relationship to end. And I could hear it. I could hear really? the mattress... Evolving That's in the so, darkness. Yeah, <laughs> and I could hear it. I what? felt its presence well, and I didn't like it. I'd be worried like that it. it would never stop growing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You have to it pour would, a sort of solution on yeah, it. Yeah, it'd be a little shop of horrors type mattress that would... It took... A, it was an evolving life form. Yeah. And then I went in one day and it's, it existed. It took over and I had to say goodbye to the old mattress... <laughs> Unfortunately, it was an emotional goodbye. It's not you, it's me. But I, yeah, that's pretty much what I said to it. But that's <laughs> private, it's between us, Steve Hall. Uh, but what I realised is I, I opted for foam. Mm. I, op I opted for hybrid uh. with my new, I'm calling it chrysalis mattress. <laughs> yes. Because what I realise, Pierre, is that. I need, I like the memory foam, I like softness, but I must have a hint of bounciness. Mm. I wonder if you've made an error and you've gone too deep into memory foam territory. Yeah, I think yeah. 
I think it was part of it. I needed is, a bouncy hint. Is that the worst <laughs> night's sleep you've had? Is that the worst thing? That the worst series of on? nights, yeah, waking yeah. up in a bum divot. <laughs> is that the worst thing you've ever slept on? Actually, I would, in fact, I would like, maybe the, I'll read his context in. What is the worst thing you've ever slept yeah. on? 12, 15. Yes. Yeah. I can, I once, I didn't sleep on this myself, but I once made an ex of mine sleep on a superman, superman, as I call him, <laughs> superman towel. <laughs> Because we'd had an argument and I was annoyed. And I don't think we'd moved into a flat. We didn't have much furniture. There wasn't like a proper sofa that you could sleep on, I don't think. And I was annoyed because he'd stayed out all night. So I threw a Superman towel at him and I said he could sleep on that. (laughs) I like it's like the equivalent of the naughty step. You've got to sleep on the Superman towel. You've got to sleep on the Superman (laughs) towel. I'm sorry. If you will stay out all night, it's the Superman (laughs) towel for you. We were discussing uh, the worst night's sleep people have ever had. Mm. Uh, and, and Adam uh, has texted to say, uh, uh, morning to the reserve team, he, he kicks off with. Uh, <laughs> OK. Uh, says, uh, Still on a- got our tabards on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, there is something of the tabard-wearing high-vis merchant about us this high, morning. High-knee jogging. <laughs> Getting yes, ready. We're, yes, we are, aren't we? We've got something of that about us. Mm. And uh, Adam says, on a rugby tour, I swam out to sleep on a fishing boat. I slept on the nets and found out <laughs> I was allergic when I woke up looking like Veruca Salt. Allergic to netting? Sleeping on the fish netting, though. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah. And, what, uh, what is he allergic to in the netting? Yeah, yeah, I did... Just the plastic en general? Maybe it's the fish. The residue. Yeah, maybe it's the residue. Let's hope so. It's the end of his S&M career. He's allergic to netting. (laughs) (laughs) And um, German Fleet on Twitter has said that his cousin once woke up after a drunken night out to find he'd slept all night in a putting green sand bunker. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I can imagine it might be a nice place to sleep. Cosy. Well, not if you wake up with uh, Donald Trump's face looking over <laughs> you. It'd be like waking up with the, to the volcano. Ah, there's orange everywhere. As far as the eye can see, molten lava in front of you. Um, to I should say I feel to be even addressing this subject. I mean, Frank Skinner has already won this hands yes. down, yes. given that he once woke up on a central reservation. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the various he is waste ground episodes. On the form of his life, currently. Yeah. The Times. Five stars. <laughs> OK. Um, to put the mattress issue to bed... Um, the old mattress. The old mattress. I did even more research after I kept waking up in a bum ditch in my mattress. Mm-hmm. And turns out that I'm actually heavier than the average sleeper is expected to be at the maximum range. Like really? The most that a mattress company would expect a person to weigh is how, about my goal you, weight at the moment. What were you Googling? How heavy how average heavy sleeper? Mattress, how heavy mattress America? How heavy mattress Texas? Well, if you're getting get into America, <laughs> that's a whole different But I day. knew that America was the country to, to solve this for me. None oh, of these yes. thin English men 
with their little spectacles weighing them down. No, oh, I needed to... sitting right here. <laughs> I, I needed mattresses from a country where everyone has meat for breakfast and you need milkshakes for lunch. From a country where I told you this, didn't I? When I went to Mexico on a holiday with mm. my sister, and we got on the tour minibus, and the woman said to the charming guide, Excuse me, we have an ombre grande with us. He's going to need a little extra help. I need an ombre grande. Yeah. And I, I got an ombre grande mattress from some weirdos in King's Lynn in Norfolk who forged me a sort of <laughs> fabulous, a sort of bulletproof. <laughs> were they craftsmen? Be- they were craftsmen. I imagine it like that scene in Lord of the Rings where they're all pouring metal yeah. into the I like there's an element of challenge Annika to it. Like we're going we're gonna to make this yeah. happen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. This guy needs a bed and he's so heavy. Yeah. And, and then a, a sort of like at least a team of hundreds of people assembled at the end in high-vis tabards crying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We made the mattress for Pierre. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you, Nick Knowles, and all of the team. Or just loads of workers with ropes and sort of shirtless men forging <laughs> this <laughs> this kind of teams of people dragging it with ropes like in Les Mis from the always be a slave. That's they made me a bed. <laughs> it's bulletproof. It's this very. Thing. I carried a watermelon. They made me a bed. They made me a bed. New catchphrase. Now, I would love to talk to you uh, about matchsticks and the Eiffel Tower. That doesn't oh, surprise I, me, Steve Hall. I, uh, it I, seems very you. Yes. Yeah. I, I've been gripped by this story, this unfolding drama this week. I don't know if you saw this story. But a, a Frenchman called Richard Plod. I'm, I'm not sure how you... How that, Plod? Plod. Uh, who spent eight Plod. years building <laughs> a... Uh, a massive 23 Sorry, foot. I'm still stuck at Pierre saying blood, blood under blood, his breath. Blood, it sounds blood, like... Blood, blood. It sounds like a, a Frenchman... Frenchman, like Superman. It sounds like a Frenchman sort of laughing at a British policeman. Hello, blood. Hello, 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 blood. We must scarper. It is the old blood, the old bill. When like, a foreign person has learned vocabulary a generation older than they should have. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what if a blood shows up? We will have to scarper. And can we say, Pierre, with a surname like Novelli, is allowed to make these jokes? Yes. And well, I thought... Novelli's Italian, Pierre's French, so I'm covered for two silly accents. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> I can do some Giuseppe hand-waving as well. I've offended the French, the Italians, and possibly some South Africans out there. I do apologise <laughs> to all three nations. Uh, but, you, yes, I saw this about Richard Blood. Blood. Richard Blood. Richard. Oh, sorry. All know. right. I'm guessing. So he spent eight years building this 23-foot <laughs> model oh, of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Eight years of his life. Do you and like that Pierre's laughing and Steve's thinking oh. nothing to see here? Perfectly normal. Um, and obviously he seemingly had done it to break the world record. It didn't appear to be he was doing it for the love of the matchstick game. It appeared no. to be he was hungry for the glory and nothing else. People are in it just for the titles these days. It's yeah. a real so shame. This was the Eiffel Tower. It took yes. him eight years to build, am I right in saying, it's... He wanted to build yes. the world's tallest structure using yes. matchsticks. And to years, he used 23 kilograms of glue, God. which I presume is why he thought it was a good idea, because the fumes had yeah. affected his <laughs> yeah. judgment. But also, 
didn't the actual Eiffel Tower, didn't that take about two years to build? <laughs> yeah. So it's basically taken six years longer yeah. to build a matchstick Eiffel Tower. A much more flammable Eiffel Tower. Yes. <laughs> Some might suggest a much more vulnerable structure <laughs> than the actual Eiffel Tower. Um, and then it was not accepted initially as a world record because he had used the wrong sort of matches because he'd been he had got bored of cutting off the red sulfurous tips. Uh, and the well, quote, haven't we all the quote, did? The quote was, he realised that cutting off the tips would be a long and tedious process, whereas obviously the rest of it is yeah. an absolute <laughs> delight. Hang on, Plod. <laughs> Hang on, Plod. He also, yeah, I find it a bit strange that I imagine if you're going into any sort of Guinness World Record, or as I believe they like to be called now, in a slight uh, youthful rebrand, GWR. Yes. Oh. Hello, GWR. Which great, I think Western is great Western Rail, yeah, yeah. yes. No, but they call themselves Guinness World Records, mm. GWR. <laughs> uh, I think it's a bit strange that he su- it suddenly struck him, I don't know if I can be bothered. I think if that thought process ever enters your head, maybe (laughs) trying to break a Guinness World Record, you're not the right man for the job. It's an odd place to draw the line. Well, obviously, I'll make an Eiffel Tower of matchsticks, but I'm not snipping the ends off matchsticks. That's boring. What do you think I am? Some kind of loser. I can't believe How dare you suggest that. (laughs) I think that's a lovely place to go into a break, Steve. Frank Skinner. We are discussing the Eiffel Tower matchstick. Mr. Plud. Mm. Uh, I call it the Eiffel Tower matchstick. Yeah, that doesn't actually make any sense. That I sound... would be a matchstick as big as the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say the Eiffel Tower constructed of matchsticks. Yes. Out of matchsticks. And it didn't initially, the Guinness World of Records... They uh, rejected it, didn't they? They did, because it wasn't made of commercially available matchsticks. Mm. Mm. It, was, it, it was deemed invalid. And, to, and then to rub it in for poor Monsieur Plod, his wife then achieved the world record for the longest and loudest laugh of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was because he, he it, apparently, it was because he didn't want to snip the ends off the matchsticks, which is fair enough. Well, because so, he couldn't be bothered, according yeah. to Steve, which, again, I think might rule him out of the <laughs> yeah, necessary yeah. nerdishness well, required. Well, this, so he started ordering sort of raw matchsticks yeah. from the factory in massive boxes. Yeah. I wouldn't be at all worried if my partner was doing that. Yeah. Search <laughs> history, yeah. 10,000 boxes yeah. of matches. And it, if they don't have the sulfurous tips, they're not matches. He's, well, he's ordered sticks. Well, this is the thing. This mm. is the thing that Guinness initially said. And it is gutting. I mean, imagine having like going for like beard of bees and finding out that they were the wrong species of bees <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you'd been covering your head with. Can I ask he's, he's a question, Pierre Novelli? No offence, Steve Hall. Go for it. But we've both accepted. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Pierre Novelli? <laughs> yes. Why is it. Is Guinness World of Records anything to do with the, the brewery? Yes, they sponsored yeah, it. Yeah, they, yeah. they started it, actually. Yeah. Oh, I knew he knew. It was the brainchild of a. It, well, it was a brainchild of a bloke called Hugh Beaver. This is how. Oh. Nine, this, it couldn't really be any more 1950s. <laughs> Hugh Beaver, he led. Hello, the, uh, Beaver here, yeah. Guinness World of Records. What? 
Yeah, he led a thing called the Beaver Committee, which sounds like a 1980s teen film. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, it led See? to the clean, it led to the Clean Air Act of 1956 after the Great Smog of 1952. But this is how 1950s England it is. Steve, you know what you're sounding a bit like? You're sounding like the person, kind of person that might construct a matchstick <laughs> tower out of 700,000 matchsticks. And there was some, in the, some Tory grandee was involved in yeah. funding. Who was that? Well, so, well, so I was, I, because of Emily's showbiz connections, I was always wondering if, if you ever met uh, Norris McWhirter. So, so <laughs> That's who it was, yeah. yeah. No, but uh, David Baddiel... Isn't there, there's a David Baddiel, Frank Skinner story associated with this. Perhaps our readers can fill us in. I always find it helpful. <laughs> I always like it when uh, people fill me in on bits of biographical information about my like, profile <laughs> friends. There was some story, David did a show about this, something for Sky Arts. There's a Norris McWhirter story involving David and Frank, maybe. Do you know yeah, about I, this? Yeah, I, I vaguely know the story. It, there's a possibility that that story is too dark for breakfast. Oh, I do apologise. Uh, which which ironically sorry. would upset Norris McWhirter. Um, <laughs> that was one of the... I think, I think Norris McWhirter made an appearance at David's school. Oh, yes. Um, and expressed some views that were not necessarily uh, uh, oh, in keeping dear. with the multicultural ethos Guinness, of that school. Guinness World Record for worst appearance at school <laughs> as guest speaker. Yeah, Is it enough. perhaps... It's not it? worth. Oh Let's move on. No, too late. So We've it, lost the moment. That's that... the worst thing that's ever happened. You know, when Frank gets upset about the jingles not working, I think, why are you making such a fuss? You are listening to The Frank Skinner Show. I'm not Frank Skinner. I cannot apologise enough for that. But I am here with the marvellous Mr Novelli and Steve Hall. (laughs) You can text the show on 81215. You can follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or you can email us via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We've been discussing all sorts this morning. Volcanic eruptions, Mm. Pierre's mattresses, Yes, my, my betrayal. Your old mattress. <laughs> my old mattress. Google it. Yeah. And we've also been talking about the matchstick Eiffel Tower, which took this gentleman, Richard... Richard? Richard Plot. Richard Plot. Uh, I believe it was eight years eight to years. construct. Eight years. And as we've already established... Two years, two months for the actual <laughs> yeah. Eiffel Tower. Oh. Eight years of what we are calling his life. Of what we, <laughs> of what medically we must term his life. Yes. Well, he. So so. We should stress it's not the same size as the Eiffel Tower either. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's twenty three feet tall. Feet, I think it's like one forty fifth or something. How like tall that. is that? Give me a give me something to compare that to, boys. Seven meters. It's four doors. <laughs> oh, I like that. Do you know what? I can work with that. Oh, that's, that's, that's up there with I'm a heavy boy. I'm a heavy boy. It's four doors. doors. I mean, what kind of doors are we talking? Are we talking the Brunelleschi doors? Yeah, box standard. Oh, we're not talking cathedrals? No, no, no. They're lo- they're high, those doors, aren't they? They have to get them specially made by the same people who made my mattress, I think. <laughs> People, people wearing sort of leggings and smocks. Pierre, what's your favourite cathedral doors? My favourite cathedral doors? Mm. Oh, it's got to be Durham every time. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a belter, yeah. I, yeah. I was in York. I walked past the Minster last week in York, and that's, mm. that's a beautiful thing. But what are the doors like? <laughs> <laughs> the Did frontage you... is all very well. <laughs> Did you notice the doors? <laughs> uh... <laughs> so anyway, this matchstick chap... He, oh, wouldn't he hate it if I referred to him in that way? This matchstick man. Yes. I felt the matchstick man got, I don't know, I didn't feel entirely comfortable with this story. And can I tell you why? Because originally the, uh, hello, GWR, the Guinness World of Records, when he submitted his entry, they rejected it, as we've established, because they said, you've used the wrong matches. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Essentially. On, on a technicality. Oh, well... Yeah. Or, or te- as I call it, the rules. Yes, yes. <laughs> OK. Or one of them just thought, what if I... What, <laughs> wouldn't it be fun to break this man's brain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I well, destroyed this yes, man's let's, mind? I'm seeing let's a, have a little bit of chaos. <laughs> OK, I'm seeing a little bit of a division arising here <laughs> in how we view this, yeah. because I took those as the established rules which you're meant to work within, okay? Mm. Which he broke, willfully, knowing those rules. <laughs> and the Guinness World of Records said, I'm awfully sorry, and I imagine they are the type to say awfully. Yeah. I said, I'm awfully sorry, it's, it's, it's just not going to, to work, I'm afraid. And they rejected it. So what did he do? He went on X, and yes. he, he left a salty... Tweet, whatever you call. What do you call? What do you call a tweet now that there's no such thing as Twitter? A An post. Exet. Yeah, a post. He left a post on X, mm. and he loves posts. <laughs> <laughs> Anything made of wood, any sculpture. And after this, the Guinness World of Records did a complete vault fast. They did. They did. They said. Oh dear, we we cannot apologise enough for the distress caused. Distress. <laughs> Actual distress, they referred to. He he said, well, it's been an emotional roller coaster, but I never lost hope. <laughs> they they gave it to him, yeah. I mean, uh, I, which I think is fair. I think if you're Guinness as Do well. Do you? Well, if you're Guinness, you might be thinking. People people are a lot less bored than they used to be, and we're running out of records, so we can't afford to demotivate and, these loons. And, and they can't afford the PR disaster. It was a bit of a yeah. PR disaster for them, and they, they've they've been in trouble in recent years because they they are often courted by authoritarian governments. Mm. So the the, le- the leader of Turkmenistan is apparently obsessed with getting world records. Uh, and Guinness have gone along with it. So, so the leader of Turkmenistan, uh, th- their country has the world's largest Ferris wheel and the world's largest horse head statue. Ah, and, and, and it's, it's a tough competition. And it feeds into a cult of personality. Mm. Oh, it's a bit of propaganda yeah. with the Guinness World of Records. World's best leader. <laughs> I'm voted every year. Guinness World of Records says... Most synchronised dancing in a parade. <laughs> Most hair on a leader's head. In the history of the world. Happiest happiest population, no matter what anyone says. Shiniest buttons ever. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
Uh, we've heard from the outside world. Uh, Have we? What did they say? The wonderfully named Elvis Precisely uh, has That's tweeted good. to say, Morning all, according to Alexa, today is the 900th Frank Skinner show. Surely deserving of a small fanfare. He said, I also realise I've been listening too long when I involuntarily sang Mattress in a Box. I know, I know, it's serious. It's so happy a... anniversary. Oh, thank you, dear. Oh, it goes on too long, that yeah. end bit. But we, but you nailed you nailed a jingle. Let's not let's not bury the lead there. Don't patronise <laughs> me, mister. It all worked out. Um, yes. Well, that's good news. 900, 900. shows. 900. What do we, what, is there an anniversary? You know, there's like the diamond and platinum and nine. <laughs> what do, what do we get people when they turn 900? <laughs> <laughs> Again, a 12, 15. I'm happy for people to text <laughs> A uranium in. anniversary. What do you get when you turn 900? <laughs> a big, lovely gem of uranium. <laughs> it's the, ura- okay. the urani jubes we're celebrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve. Uh, have we heard anything else yes. from our friends throughout the week? Because I do like it when our friends get in touch. You know, I'm actually referring to them as my friends now. <laughs> this is where we've got to now. But they are our friends, aren't they, our listeners? And they've been in touch midweek. Our midweek correspondents. Yes, Adrian and Cheadle Hume. Which Where's always that, sounds, Steve? Sounds made up to well, me. Hume sounds Manchester-ish. Hume Stockport. Okay. Oh, Stockport, there we You've are. You've got it. Um, so Frank was mentioning that he'd, see, he'd visited the Colonel's grave. Oh, yes. Of KFC fame. Yes. Um, which I imagine is shaped like a bucket. Mm. And um, so it's not a fictional character, however, but he says... Uh, uh, regarding graves that are of sort of semi-fictional characters or legendary characters, I went to Verona and they had not only Juliet's balcony in Verona, in quotes, but also Romeo's house. And I kid you not, <laughs> Juliet's grave, where you can find tearful mourners leaving flowers on a regular basis. Just on Juliet's? It's yes, sexist. It's sexist. Also yeah. not real. Um, <laughs> but it, it, can you imagine the American high school English teachers leaving flowers at their grave? Oh, yeah. Oh, a lot of laughing at completely obscure puns happening in that demographic. <laughs> oh, they'd love oh. that. Oh, as a comedian, you do. I do resent that laughter. Do you? Yeah, you watch a Shakespeare play and then someone goes, uh, methinks there's more than a little leather about his brow. And you, everyone laughs and you go, OK, what, how many dictionaries am I going to need to understand <laughs> yeah, this yeah. hilarious joke? <laughs> Seven references deep. Oh, beggars would wear leather hats. And so technically what he's saying, and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Very funny. Very you good. see, I'm struggling to relate to this because I did grow up with a father who used to really get angry with us if we didn't laugh <laughs> enough. And what's funnier obscure than that? Shakespearean jokes. You show some appreciation. That's how jokes work. You decide they're funny and then you choose when to laugh. I would cringe where there'd be some really obscure, like, aye, but sir. And I'd and my father would be going, ha, ha, ha. Awful, awful. But yeah, um, actually, Adrian in Cheadle Hume says, uh, have any other readers visited similarly oddly fictional places? Yeah, or sort of fictional sites. I've seen a sort of Mer- every now and then you get like a sort of a statue of Merlin somewhere, yeah, yeah. or King Arthur. Or something. I can't bear it. No. It makes me yeah. feel so sick. <laughs> it really does. It's like things like that Harry Potter platform. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the big what one. do you mean? It's that's not the big real. One. That's the big one. That's of our true. Time. And it is difficult because I'm, I'm whenever I see that. 
people are experiencing joy and yet I am filled with a rage (laughs) yes and you have to if you want to go to the toilets in King's Cross you have to try and fight your way through a bunch of queuing nerds so hang on what happens at the platform is it just a pretend thing we all have to pretend it's real you take a photo holding a trolley that's going through a wall and what happens do you not go through the wall no why do you go there because magic isn't real But what, what's the point? <laughs> what, it's, the, what, it's just a waste of life. And it, yeah, and it's, when it's the same photo again and again and again, there's nothing... Just no, Photoshop yourself in. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> thinking, like, maybe this is going to be the one. I'm going to go in. <laughs> just go to... There are lots of real magical places you can go to. <laughs> yeah. Aren't there, Pierre? Yeah. Go to a lovely cathedral with Pierre. Look at the doors. <laughs> Look at the doors. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We are in the studio with Steve Hall and Pierre Novelli. Mm. Oh, good morning. A bit late in the day, mate. It's been <laughs> three hours. Yeah. And uh, I want to know what's been happening in the world of Steve Hall. Thank you. Well, I, I heard, we were talking about bad night's sleep. I've, I've been on tour with uh, Mr Steve Williams, erstwhile of this parish. Mm. Lovely. Uh, and it's been lots and lots of fun. Uh, and... Uh, Every now and then we find ourselves in a big city on a Saturday night where hotels are expensive. Yes. And I have been, given that I have children, I've been trying to stretch the pennies as far as I can. Uh, And if you're a member of a theatre union, God bless equity, you can sign up to certain theatre digs sites. Oh, yes, of course. And save yourself a large amount of money. So I've used the official ones Mm. and they've been brilliant. Really? Um, I went maverick in York last, this is last Saturday night. Yeah. I found uh, for £25 cash... I found a place to stay. And we were discussing the worst night's sleep anyone's ever had. That was my worst night's sleep. As soon as I entered that uh, flat, uh, every penny that I didn't spend started laughing at me. I was on top of a child's bunk bed. (laughs) <laughs> with one of those you know? office units that kids would have underneath. <laughs> so you had oh a desk for any writing you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, you, you didn't have I, a desk. I had a desk, but <laughs> oh. I, had to, I had the rickety... I'm 47 years old, so climbing up this child's <laughs> stepladder. Imagine, Pierre... Ah, oh, oh. yeah, I'd like to see you at the top of the child's <laughs> yeah, bunk yeah. bed. I'm, I'm five, Face scraping against the ceiling. I'm five foot ten and my feet were tall. hanging over the edge of the bed. And every time I moved, the whole thing was wobbling. So I was having images of just going through several floors. <laughs> was, it, was it like sh- sleeping on a ship in a storm? <laughs> yeah, Hang was, on, was I your was friend seasick. Steve Williams, was he on the lower bunk? He found he, Steve is uh, willing to spend more money, so Steve found a nice hotel. <laughs> just a travel lodge. And I was, I was texting him going, I, I'm genuinely fearful for my life I think I'm about to collapse <laughs> through a bed and there was there was, no, there was uh, on the table in my room there was uh, some nuts and bolts and a latch and they uh, when, when I you got say there, my room I like that you're trying to dignify it yeah, what you mean is your child's bedroom yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, yeah. You, you, did you feel like a sort of very lazy burglar <laughs> yeah. well I'll just lie down yeah. and... a little lie down it, it was, I, I slept in my clothes it was that bad oh. and there, yeah, there was a latch and they, they, when I checked in they said oh yeah we were going to uh, attach that to the door to give you some privacy, but we didn't have time. <laughs> we didn't have time. We didn't have time. We were rushed off our feet building your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and your desk and area your with angle poise lamp for you to do all your revisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a little easel? It was. There were like there were a few things that were clearly from whichever child had used it. There were oh, maybe some nice dinosaur stickers. Di- yeah, dinosaur stickers yes. glow in the dark on the ceiling for you. I, I had a similar experience where I had to sleep in a single bed thing that was, um, I, I, che- I, che- I, I say checked in. I 
talk to a lady in a doorway <laughs> yeah, for a similar sort of, of 20 pounds. checking in is somewhat different yeah, checking now. in. Are you the person? Yes. Checking in is now, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, oh, you paid, you, I, I splashed out, Steve, extra fiver for a, a double bed. Very nice. Yeah. And she said, oh, you paid extra for the double bed. And I said, yeah. She went, oh, there's bad news. A very large <laughs> gentleman stayed last night. And I don't know what he did, but the bed... <laughs> It, it was in in bits. So this an well, enormous I'm getting an man. idea of what he did, but anyway, well, he just he just destroyed it apparently, and so they sort of wheeled in this <laughs> child's bed for me to sleep in, and they'd done a creepiest thing in the world. They'd placed it in the exact centre of the room. <laughs> the bed wasn't touching any wall. Oh, very yeah. exorcism. Oh, there's something very Stephen King about that, isn't there? I, I walked in, I went, ugh. <laughs> I bet there was horrible, creepy horror film music. Yeah, there's a worry it would levitate halfway through the night. Oh, I don't like that. Something about the child's bed. I mean, bunk beds in general have always slightly given me the creeps. (laughs) Even when I was a kid, I remember being sent on a... um, I say sent, I mean, I elected to go, but it was one of those children's holiday camps. You know, right, where you'd yes. be sent away. And it was like, it was wonderful, darling. You'll do loads of activities, <laughs> crafts, performance. It, it, some outdoors things as well, apparently, <laughs> other children do. And then you realise your parents just wanted to go out to parties, and they just wanted to get rid of you for like two months. But you know what? As soon as I turned up, I remember just seeing the bunk beds and my heart sunk. Mm-hmm. I thought, how am I meant to work with that? <laughs> I don't want some random on a bunk. What am I, a sailor? <laughs> I'm sorry you had to go through that, Steve. I think you deserve better than that. Thank you. What do you think, Pierre? Maybe. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Steve Hall, you were yes. telling us about your, I've got to be honest, somewhat tragic night yeah. on top of a child's bunk bed. Yes, so that was traumatic. And then, it, and then the second worst night's sleep I had, we uh, travelled to Australia for a month over the Christmas period. And um, uh, we went, uh, saving pennies because the Christmas flights were expensive, we went via Vietnam Airlines. Oh, oh how um, was that? Which is always a never, it, you should never book a thing that could be the title of an Oliver Stone film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yes. uh, we had a 14-hour layover that, in... That's in, got me cancelling my <laughs> platoon tour. My magic bullet train. <laughs> it was a 14-hour layover in Ho Chi Minh City. Whoa. And um, if you're a, a British passport holder, you don't need a visa to enter Vietnam. If you're Australian... My wife is, you, uh, you need a visa. So I was, oh, on, I was saying to my wife, yeah, I was saying to my wife for several months, you need to sort your visa out, uh, and she kept saying, no, no, it's fine. I've, I've got, uh, I've got more important things to do. It's, they say it'll turn around in a week. They were all chilled Just out. Just FYI, Steve Hall is married to uh, Paul Hogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you call that a visa? <laughs> <laughs> and so you well, can, you're and mongrel. <laughs> and, she, and, and I was saying it's, a, it's not necessarily the most bureaucratically swift of nations. So maybe. Do, and she no. got angry with me. You can see where this is heading. Mm. Uh, we arrive in Vietnam. Her visa has not come through, oh. uh, and. Uh, I am, but we hadn't told the kids because we didn't want to upset them. No. And all of a sudden, she is detained at immigration, <laughs> which we, isn't remotely upsetting yeah, or traumatic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with me having to not say the words, I told you so. How late did she leave uh, it? Um, maybe three days before we flew. Ooh. 
Oh, that's, that's cutting it to the wire. Yeah, so it what kind of incredible bureaucratic efficiency <laughs> was she yeah. hoping for? And Do you like the way Pierre and I, I like the way we reacted to that as if we were visa officials <laughs> and yeah, knew yeah, all yeah. about it. And how long did she leave it? Cowboys, cowboys, mate. <laughs> so you she don't want to do yeah, that. She had 14 hours on her own in Ho Chi Minh City Airport. Um, I took the kids. We got a nice hotel. The kids had a swim. Oh, I had, hang a, on. I had a little Sorry, sleep. you left her there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think the Vietnamese border police left her there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hang um, on, you abandoned her yeah. and went off and had a swim. Yeah, she never got to enter Vietnam at <laughs> all. We had a nice time and I now call her Miss Saigon. That's great. Am I crazy? Uh, 14 hours in an airport on my own? I, sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> sounds pretty good. Have a lot of breakfast. On, you get moved on. You're only allowed two hours in a lounge at any one time. So she was she was being moved on like the littlest hobo. <laughs> she moved from place to it's place. It's like a Tom Hanks film. Yeah. 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 What was it? The Terminal. Terminal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so she was literally living in the airport. She will have slept in some funny places. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't wish to suggest anything untoward about your relationship. <laughs> there. But I bet she ended up on some hard surfaces. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She would have loved a bunk bed. Yeah. Yeah, she'd have <laughs> dream, dreamed of a bum divot. <laughs> and um, and yeah, I resisted saying I told you so. I, I mean, admittedly, I have saved it up and talked about it on national radio now. <laughs> Content, baby. <laughs> I think it's very kind and sensitive the way you've dealt with this. <laughs> and I particularly like uh, the idea of you frolicking in the pool with cocktails <laughs> whilst your wife is stuck in an airport uh, terminal, being heavily questioned yeah, yeah. by Vietnamese officials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marriage. We What's discussed. Happening? We discussed the other day. Oh, I discovered rather, thanks to to you and Frank, Emily, uh, Biffo the bear, who oh, yes. looks like a sort of disgusting, long, <laughs> half human, half bear. Well, we awful, disgusting face. All um, right. Imagine just, being called disgusting face. If I saw Biffo the bear. Anywhere outside of Chernobyl, I would, I would, wow. get a, I would immediately reach for a gun. It's I hope it's not. I hope that anyone from the bear community isn't listening. No, I mean I the real bear community. The real bears. No, what we discovered, Steve. Have you come across Biffo the I, Bear's work? It was, I, I'd, I'd heard it on the show. It was, it was one of those names I was aware of, and I knew there was a connection to the Beano. Yes, but I realised. Well, you knew Biffo the Bear was one of my showbiz contacts. <laughs> I realised I'd never actually seen his face. Have you seen it yet? And I have now seen it. And he's uh, got, he has yeah. rather human, he's got veneers got, essentially in yeah, a bare face. Yeah. yeah, he's got horrible turkey teeth. He's got, he's, he's bear. He went to Turkey went with to a Love with, Island contestant. With his Beano money. <laughs> he got all that Beano money. Yeah. And he went for one of those uh, package cosmetic oh, dentistry tours. He's going to be on the tours. sidebar of the Daily Mail <laughs> that's, un, that's, under, the, under the GC. Do you think that's why all of Wearing his, his red lederhosen. <laughs> poured into his red lederhosen and Biffo the Bear shows off his turkey teeth. My know. nightmare dentistry. <laughs> Maybe that's why his limbs are so long and thin. It's all cosmetic surgery. He was source of the arge of his time. <laughs> Horrible. But at some point the Beano had a meeting and said, what if there was a sort of charming prankster little boy instead of a disgusting uh, bear mutant? <laughs> that would tell better. And they were Do right. You know, they managed to get what I liked is that they managed to purge Biffo the bear of any mm. of the traditionally menacing characteristics which one associates with the grizzly variety. Yeah, they they but they 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 they, they pushed too far. They looked at Winnie the Pooh and, <laughs> they, and they thought, what about this? And it was wrong. 
I know they were wrong to do it. Mm. But Lee, what about Lee when I worked with a very posh woman, the poshest woman alive? I'm going to officially call her. She used to come in, and you know, you'd bring things home from. You'd go on holidays. That was a real office tradition. Oh, I've brought some humorous sweets, you know, yes, and humorously named, slightly suggestive sweets. Not her. No. This woman who had like a quadruple barrel name. And she said, I brought everyone some apples from Mummy's Orchard. And I thought, I love this woman. But oh, the reason worst I, house on Halloween. <laughs> the reason I mentioned the poshest woman alive, who was adorable, may I say, was the mention of a bear. She once also said to me, we were talking about British understatement yes. earlier this morning, she said uh, someone was talking about going to Canada in a particular region she was going to. She said, oh, I wouldn't go there. I, I, I had uh, a great uncle of mine went there and he never came back from the woods. We, we, <laughs> we went, oh, and she said, we think it was a bear, unfortunately. And, Un- you know, I've never seen wow. the word unfortunately in the same way again. <laughs> Briefly, share with us this. Briefly, Lee says, regarding Biffa the bear and interspecies hybrids, and word coinages. I went down a rabbit hole recently learning about portmanteau words and came across the word wolfin. What does that mean? An extremely rare, according to Wikipedia, cetacean hybrid born from a female common bottlenose dolphin with a male false killer whale. Okay. So it's a weird hybrid mutant wolfin. Okay. Whale dolphin. Do you like the sound well, of this? I, well, I'm thinking... Uh, Marvel Comics universe. New yeah, character. but let's face it, Steve Hall, you're always thinking that <laughs> every day of your life. Uh, boys, we're going to have to wrap things up now. Mm. I have so enjoyed this morning, and I hope you have as well. Yeah. It's been marvellous. Thanks for having us. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Thank you, the marvellous Mr Novelli <laughs> and Steve Hall. Steve Hall. <laughs> it's been wonderful. We've so enjoyed uh, being here this morning And thank you for listening. Up next is Sarah Champion. Frank, I'm pretty sure we'll be back next week. Be seeing you. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.